Gentlemen, start your engines! Good afternoon, radio. For those who don't know, Radio Hotner. Thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Sorry about the little, uh, um, uh, technical goodies. Radio Hotner. Oh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Chaps he's ever worn. Is that your bonus mother-in-law or your real mother-in-law? <laughs> no, my bonus. real mother-in-law. <laughs> get a bonus one. Well, yeah, too. Yeah. That's right. Didn't you know that? Like when you when you marry some from a, from south of Atlanta at Macon Bacon, <coughs> which, uh, you, you're right. You get a uh, what did Jen say? A bonus mother-in-law. Bonus mother-in-law. Bonus. A bonus dad. So Rusty and um, so two mother-in-laws. Rusty and um, Cromley are both going at seven, huh? Dogs, you're on. Mm. Which is quite funny because Cromley was up there on Sunday saying, and uh, what? Well, we can't go on about that. Why not? Because we're doing a leading. Is that running or not? Mm-hmm. Well, you never told me that. Oh, don't tell you everything. Okay. So Sorry I suppose we're going to leave this in so it'll sound a bit trendy. <laughs> oh, <all right> then. <laughs> we don't edit. No, we don't edit. So. I suppose Five. I should count us in. Four. Three. Two. Rust. One. <laughs> g'day, viewers. G'day, viewers. Uh, g'day. <laughs> Old chaps. <laughs> Old chaps. Oh, International Paulie's here. <laughs> Hello, boys. Well, welcome to Radio Hot Lap, episode 44. The radio show, the podcast, the internet... Club 44. Phenomenon. Phenomenon. <laughs> oh, phenomenon. Debacle's a better word. Where we have a where we take a light-hearted look at the world of local, international, and uh, all things motor racing, and barbecues, and uh, technology, gadgets. Very good. There you go. And who's, and who says I haven't been listening? <laughs> Nobody said you hadn't been listening, Paul. Well, welcome, Paulie, International Paulie. Yeah, haven't had you, you actually in... here in on the show specifically. Uh, on this exact same spot at the world headquarters of Radio Hot Lap uh, since about this time last year. I was going to say, it seems like uh, 12 months ago. It does. Mate, it seems like it's been a very tw- very fast 12 months. Right. And lots have been happening. And lots have been happening to you, Paul. Indeed. You're now a, a married man. I've got some piece of metal, piece of stylized metal on a... Stylized metal? On my finger. Very nice. Now I've got a wife instead of a fiancé. And I've got very a debt good. from going to Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you had a fat time, though. Yeah, that's right. You've only put yourself on credit hold since. I was only there the minimum amount of time. Minimum of all. JP, welcome. <laughs> Hello, Johnny. Good to I see you came, uh, didn't come empty handed. But uh, you've done no. very well today. You brought yeah. some, not only did you bring some beers, you brought some wine and uh, we're going to have a bit of a meal tonight. I bought some premium Copperhead Lager. Yes, and what are you drinking? And I'm drinking Grouch because I've already had one of them <laughs> premium Copperhead Lagers. And you've got the Grouchies in the little petite 250ml bottles that they import from Europe. Very European. Yeah, very. Apparently they, uh, the man at the bottle shop at the BWS told me that they are bottled exclusively for Woolworths in this state, which in BWS is part of the Woolworths group. I didn't know that. Quite true. And uh, they flog them in uh, Woolies over there too. You learn things here on Radio Hot. There you go. And I have a Bogues Draft, which happens to be... Was once upon a time my favourite um, brew, having sampled it way back in about the 19, oh, 19 late eighties Australian Formula Five Hundred Championship at Jesus. Carrick Speedway near Launceston, oh. and um, of course it tends to be a, a drinking competition as well as a racing competition. And um, we sampled a few of the local brew and. Uh, it took about 10, 15 years before you could actually sample it on the mainland. So. And you know what I like best about those Bogues bowls? You get a free map of Tassie with every one. That's right. And there's, there's <laughs> Engraved on uh, the side, no less. You go to Brisbane and you go oh, down to... Oh, there it is, there uh, it is, there it is. There you go. If it's this was it. a video podcast, you would see my finger pointing at the little... Um, map of Tassie. Map of Tassie. Do you know that uh, I went recently to lunch at a place called Rosalie Village? 
um, in, that was John. in, in Where Brisbane. In, in Brisbane. Yeah. Bris Vegas. And uh, I took no one no one other than Shelley Ives for lunch. Ah. Had a lovely lunch there. And Shelley decided that she wanted to go across the road to see the uh, um, clean skin shop. So we oh, yeah. walked in there and she, and she said, have you got any clean skins from New Zealand? The guy said, look, we don't have any because like, there's a bit of a glut of clean skins on in Australia and that's, they don't have one over here. That's why we've got Australian ones. And Shelley trotted up the back and it was all pretty reasonably priced, but you know, there's no fancy labels or anything like that. And there were three bottles sitting on the counter just up the top there with the tops off. And she said, Is Shelley a Kiwi? Uh, no. Oh, okay. And uh, she decided that she'd like to try one of the uh, one of the wines. And the gentleman there who was running the place, uh, uh, he'd said, look, that, that top's been off since... Um, Friday, and really, I don't recommend that you, you, you try those. Um, and right next to it was a large pile of very high quality Tasmanian uh, travel material. I wondered where we were going to get to. And the I looked connection. at this and I said, <laughs> I looked at it and I picked one up and I said, Oh, this is nice. And he says, Yes, I've been tr desperately trying to get a pile of Tasmanian maps. And I went, <laughs> Oh, yeah. So you. Got a bit of an interest in the Tasmanian map, have you? And he goes, As well, yes, I have. I says, so you you like a bit of a map of Tassie? Now that you've got a bit, he goes, I do. I said, mate. Um, I looked at him. He looked blankly at me, and I said, mate, do you have any idea what you're actually saying? And he went, apparently he went, not. Uh, so I, I showed him the shape, you know, in my hands of the um, icon on the side of your Bogues bottle, and he just went, he froze and went, oh my god. And, and Shelley also had a bit of a crack up, and um, he's become very learned. And if you ring up that bottle shop, the uh, you'll probably uh, at uh, Rosalie Village, the clean skin shop, you'll probably find that he won't be able to contain himself on the phone. He's still laughing. <laughs> anyway, I once had that on a business card in America, and people said, "What kind of bear is that?" I went, "Well, he's a bear, isn't it, of sorts?" Uh huh. Okay. So, moving right along. Moving right along as we are. Oh, yes. The eight supercars. So, Paul, I think you need to tell us what's been going on because you, you're international, Paul, and we haven't had much international lately. No, we so, haven't. the floor's yours, son. Yeah. The floor is mine. Tell well, us what you've been up to. Well, internationally, um, it's all finished. You know, they um, it's got cold in England and they tend not to like to race in cold no, they weather. Don't. So, really, it's there's. bloody miserable for the fans. So, too, so really, there's been nothing happening for. But that's why uh, they test in Spain. Yeah, indeed. Exactly. Because indeed. it doesn't rain. Yeah, indeed. On, in Spain. Oh, on the plane. Mainly on the plane, yeah. Mainly on the plane. Give us a wrap up of your year. A wrap up of the year. Well, the main year, I suppose. Um, the main focus of my program this year has been the uh, the panel sports car program in the States. Um, I basically stayed. Um, based in the UK, enjoying the lovely weather and wonderful cuisine, and JP, we can see why you left um, all those years ago. Um, no, it's not that bad. Uh, but we did get... Well, the weather was lovely. Uh, yeah, actually, the, the weather, actually, to... Summer, summer in the UK this year was an absolute... To actually, uh, to actually give the UK its its due, the, the summer is actually not too bad. The winter, the less said about, the better, because it's still dark at 9 o'clock in the morning, and it goes dark again by four o'clock in the afternoon so it's just grey so and during the day um, you and particularly in my kind of gig where I'm kind of tend to be kind of inside in the office kind of most of the day uh, it's basically dark when you get to work and it's dark when you go home and you never see any sunlight so um, you get a bit of vitamin D deficiency over the course of the year but no the panels program actually we had uh, it opened uh, remarkably well with um, a win in Sebring uh, Le Mans was an unmitigated disaster where the car ran out of fuel after uh, after a couple of hours and was stuck out on the on the circuit and despite the attempts to um, uh, both legal and um, somewhat otherwise and they say it's only called cheating when you get caught um, they never got the car it's back. a bit of a long circuit to drive back on the starter motor, isn't it? Yes, indeed. It is. As, um, <laughs> Frank Beeler has also found in the UK Audi a couple of years prior. Yes, he certainly did. He certainly did. But other but there's a nice farmhouse down there on that corner. Well, yeah, but you're really not worried so much about farmhouses at um, that time of the afternoon. You really just want to... And considering the other panels eventually won the race and our guys were about seven seconds a lap quicker, it was a little bit of a disappointing way to... Uh, uh, to finish the race, but these, Absolutely. Thi these things happen. But uh, everything else in Multimatic land, and with with um, of course the manufacturer of dampers for several unnamed Formula One teams that uh, 
confidentiality agreements uh, do not allow me to to mention. Yep. Um, had uh, very had had very strong. Uh, well, it's one of the Formula One teams. So that's, the one of the ones that are paying uh, their bills. Yeah, that's uh, that's as narrow as you're going to get. That's why they're getting the good dampers. But in the Champ Car World Series, of course, uh, Newman Haas won for the third year in a row. In mm. fact, their fourth championship in five years. And um, they're using your product. They're using our product, and the product has gone remarkably so well that Champ Car has decided to ban it. Um, Really? <laughs> for next year. In fact, it's going to be a control damper, and uh, despite uh, tendering for the gig, um, we didn't get it. So, um, oh, you were too odd, expensive, obviously. Uh, no. Well, basically, most of the other teams already had the opposition's product, and right. not too many teams had ours. What, what is the opposition product? Um, Olens. Right. Oh, Olens, yep. So, um, that's going to be the product next year. Uh, I don't know if it actually still is. I think it used to be. I mm. don't think it is still owned by Yamaha. I think they. But it's it, still got a percentage. Though, yeah, I think. it is owned by the Swedes. So, mm. um, it always started out being owned by the Swedes, and it was originally OEM on like dirt bikes like Husqvarna. KDM then took it on. This is probably about fifteen years ago. I remember that Yamaha got involved, and then they started arriving on some of the the Yamaha motorcycles, uh, dirt bikes. Maybe you're right, they're, they're, they've taken some of the ownership back. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. Mm. But uh, yeah, overall, had several sports car successes, uh, winning the GT class in the American Le Mans Series, winning the GT class in the FIA GT Championship, winning the LMP2 class in the Le Mans Series, which is the European version of the uh, of the LMS, and lots of rig cust- four-post rig customers who have done remarkably well in the World Touring Car Championship, the British Touring Car Championship, in the Nextel Cup, um, all sorts of championships right around the world, lots and lots of victories and happy, smiley customers, which is always uh, a good thing. And now, if you had an analytical mind, um, obviously, uh, being someone who could be able to interpret the data coming off a four-poster rig would be really quite a, a valuable commodity, because I believe there's only six people in the world who really know anything about how to interpret four-poster rig data, and one of the guys is... Um, in your uh, well, yeah. I, well, actually, there's only one. Uh, right, <laughs> is that right? There's only one, and he's basically the bloke that invented most of the most of the technology, and the, is the genius behind uh, was the original genius behind the Lotus Active Suspension System. It's a guy, uh-huh. called, guy called Dave Williams, and Dave is in um, extremely high demand and getting your car on a four-post rig, which for those uh, for those viewers out there in Radio Hotlap Land is basically you stick a car on these four actuators, which is kind of like these four separate hydraulic uh, hydraulic pump piles. things underneath yeah. piles underneath each wheel and as, again if this was a video podcast you'd see me making strange gestures with my hands to try well, to if we were to take uh, our four beers and put them in a in a, in a, in a sort of a square representing like yes. with a wheel yep. on ex- top of ex- each of those very we, good we very would be good. able to identify uh, that uh, if we are all the same size beers except there'd be a little bit of droop where the grosh is because it's about an inch yes, inch but, lower so uh, but that would be pretty much how it would be that would be pretty much how it is and you basically you bounce it up and down and you have all these sensors all over the car that record the um, uh, the damper or the shock absorber movements, um, you know, the pin switch, the oscillations, and so forth, and you have certain um, certain levels and certain numbers that you need to hit to make sure that your car is nice and balanced and helps put its tra- traction down. And there's a lot of really technical things. It's not only it's dampers and it's springs and roll sensors and suspension stiffness and chassis stiffness and all sorts of really techy stuff. So, um, if it, so that, go, me, that goes into uh, making the car go fast. So if, if, if you're using a four-post rig properly and you're lacking a bit of body rigidity, will the four-post rig actually show it up? Yes. Yeah. You gonna, so yeah, you yeah. know to, like, we need to stiffen it up in the rear quarter or whatever. Yeah, you'll see that you, you, you can rig. kind of show, it, the, the numbers will actually kind of show certain deficiencies in, in the setup hmm. and so forth. But so these, uh, these sensors that they would put on the car uh, range from strain gauges to you know pressure modulators and this and that and everything like that but it really it's all about the how dave interprets that data and then makes the recommendation associated with that and if he doesn't if he can't relate if someone can't relate one piece of data to another then it's sort of all meaningless. yeah well well, you know it's really only just just a tool you know and and if if the other tool you know the the nut behind the wheel um, some of them are complete tools. Other than actually know what they're doing. Um, Once again, he won't be naming anybody. No, no but if not. you, um, you know, you can have a car perfectly set up with a four-post rig, but if any of us get in it, um, it's probably going to be no use to us, kind of whatsoever, because we're going to be just hanging on for grim death, trying to work out how to um, uh, how to not take the thing home in a string bag. <laughs> um, 
but uh, yeah, it certainly is a very important, and it's just you know, it, it's it's a portion. It's a matter of uh, you know, power down, suspension geometry. You want horsepower, you want downforce. Uh, you know, downforce is a huge factor in in modern motor racing kind of thing. And the four post rig will give you an assimilation of downforce kind of thing. But right. getting that downforce balance between the front and rear, um, you know, it really concentrates on mechanical grip. So while it, it plays a role in uh, a very important role in things like champ cars and Formula One and so forth, um, you can have the best uh, engineering. Uh, the best mechanical grip setup in the world, but if you have no downforce, then you're down the back of down the back of the field. So. Hmm. Now, in the American series, Paul, you had a number of, re- of of previous panels drivers. Can you run us through who you had over the year, and also some of the uh, you had a few um, uh, rig-ins from uh, Nextel Cup. Yeah, we had uh, we we had uh, no actually Nextel Cup was the year before. That was the um, uh, that was of course the Grand Am program. Uh, was at the Daytona 24 Hour. Uh, it was the previous year where we had. Kurt Busch, uh, four of the Roush drivers, Kurt Busch, Greg Biffle, and uh, Matt Kenzer. Time does go. That's right. You That's had, two uh, years yeah. ago. You had, really? um, what do you do oh, all day? And, yeah, Sebastian, um, what do you do all day? <laughs> Sebastian, uh, Sebastian Bourdais drove at Sebring, where he won, uh, with David Brabham and Scott Maxwell, and the guys, that, that pairing, also finished third at the Sebring 12-hour, and then we had a couple of American young guns, Gunnar Jeanette and Tom Milner in Didn't, uh, the Bruno second car. Bruno drove at Sebring, um, didn't drive at um, Petite. Uh, we brought in a guy called Andy Lally, who won the GT Championship in Grand Am Cup, um, did a pretty good job, and is actually a downhill luge, street luge racer. Oh. So that if we didn't, like so if we didn't, bonus. so if we didn't think Gunnar Jeanette was kind of crazy enough for jumping out of airplanes from a great height and jumping off of mountains doing um, base jumping, oh. if that's not insane enough, you've got uh, um, Andy going downhill luging, which is well, obviously he's pretty easy on the brakes, which is just <laughs> insane. <laughs> Insane. You reckon those motorcycle guys are mad? But depends uh, on the banking in the corner. <laughs> look, it's uh, look. Uh, it, it is. It is mad. But then, how mad is the the Red Bull Air Racer uh, oh, scenario? I mean, I, really, it's I sort s- of there is no DNF option. No, no. DNFs are not real good at the Red Bull Air Race. I saw the um, uh, saw the the race in Hungary earlier this year, which was kind of on the banks of the Danube kind of thing, and just. Thousands and thousands of people. Is it, now, when Top is the Perth spot. one? The Perth oh, one's been, uh, on Perth a one's been and gone. Yeah, okay, Perth yeah. One, yeah, Perth was two weeks. Yeah, yeah I missed it. But the the, the television for the uh, for the Hungarian one, there was just thousands of people, and yeah. then they were flying. They do the, the complete um, the complete tour through all the pylons, and yeah. then they had to fly underneath a bridge yes. to actually finish finish the event. Now those Just guys. Show you a couple of pictures from Perth, and look at the crowds. Yeah, those guys. It, it is a pretty amazing, uh, pretty amazing show. Of course, the old um, the block of land, I suppose, where they were kind of taking off, has always been a big air show in Perth. But um, now, because it's the same spot where they where they had the um, special stage for the uh, WRC event, that yep. same bit of parkland, uh, bit of parkland event there. But uh, yeah, those guys are mad, absolutely yeah. mad. There's a, great... the, the only one thing mad to do is to actually have them all out there at the one time and mm. actually be physically racing rather than doing a stage type uh, stage type event. There was some good coverage from Perth. Did you see that guy go through, like where he's got the, where you've got like, the equivalent of witches hats, only yeah. they're a hell of a lot higher. And this guy cut one so tight that he chopped the top of, it, top of it off with his propeller. Yes, yeah. I saw that. that. Or, the, or the edge of the wing, I think it was. Was it? I thought it was a prop, but whatever. Yeah. Anyway. No, a wing will, uh, yeah, a wing will kind of... A wing will do it for you. They look like they're sort of, you know, they're designed much like Formula One cars to come apart. Just there's a little sort of like perforations there, because <laughs> you wouldn't want to be getting caught in uh, your background. No. Mm. no. Um, j- just touching back on the uh, on the panel's uh, GT2 program, Paul, um, it's interesting that you've been working with effectively with the with the factory satellite team, which has now been outsourced to Multimatic in Canberra. Uh, Canberra. 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 Where'd you get Canberra? Canada? And um, you're yeah. thinking back of the the greasy meatly cutlet. Uh, the greasy meatly cutlet. Oh, now right. I've got something to talk about. Greasy meatly cutlet. Well, we'll just keep, hold that thought, and I won't okay. let you cut my grass. And we'd better explain <laughs> that to the viewers shortly, <laughs> so they know what, what on earth we're talking yep. about. But. Uh, on the other side of the world where you're living, there is a uh, an outsource team uh, called uh, LNT. Team LNT, yes. Which have actually been doing very, very well in the Le Mans series. They've and only yesterday I watched the uh, one-hour wrap on Forks. 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 Canberra. That was a Forks par. <laughs> um... <laughs> Is there much technology transfer going on there, Absol- and, and how come they're beating you? 
No, they didn't. Because we ran out of fuel. We no, but there we appears spanked, that we spanked their butt in um, Sebring at the start of the year, and that and that's really the only two times we uh, we did race against them. No, but um, more power to uh, Team LNT. They did a fantastic job this year. Were very successful in the. Um, in the Le Mans series, picked up a couple of wins. Uh, we're very unlucky in the British GT Championship, only just failed to uh, uh, to win that that title. So they had a very busy year because in some in some of the races there was actually clashes with the, the Le Mans series and the uh, oh, and the British GT. Half, so yeah. they had half the guys running around Pembury or Snetterton or somewhere like that or Brands Hatch, and the other half of the team off at some European location like uh, Spa or uh, Harama in Spain or. Yep. Something like that. So they were knocked off just by Scuderia Cross, were they? Yes, yes, yes. In in, in, in both too. in both championships. So they were both they were probably a little uh, a little um, annoyed at that fact. I'm sure they're going to bounce back bigger and better next year. Of course, one of the guys, in fact, is now the commercial director for that team is Richard Dean. Who, yes, if you remember, way 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 on back, we had him Christmas Day at the Le Mans Adelaide race. He was racing yep. a Porsche. For the Australian for the Australian guy, um, whose name escapes him for the moment, that was running a car in the uh, American Le Mans series, and we actually had him on Christmas, uh, on actually the day after Christmas, down at Next Generation, uh, the yep. gym uh, near Adelaide Oval, doing uh, doing a workout, doing a photo shoot for the advertiser. There's one of the drivers doing uh, their post Christmas lunch, getting shape for the big uh, for the big race I weekend. Think I remember so. that. So yeah, we had a. This pasty-looking uh, shirtless, shirtless Englishman uh, lifting weights, and of course, racing drivers being most of them built like jockeys, kind of thing. You know, yep. rather than having this Charles Atlas footballer type kind of thing that's built like a uh, brick outhouse. Uh, you had Richard looking skinny and underfed, kind of thing, even though he had a big feed for Christmas Day, uh, semi-naked, kind of pumping iron, which um, you know could uh, put a lot of people off their Boxing Day lunch, I suppose. Oh, I probably would have too. There you go. Well, JP, you've got a story to tell us, but just before you do, um, look, the Rusty Sausage has obviously come back from uh, finding that uh, chicken neck that she's buried in the backyard somewhere and uh, come to say hello. Hello, Rusty Sausage. How are you going? Hey, Rust. Hey, Rust, how are you? Rust hot. is not oh, hot today, isn't it? Yeah, hot day. Rust doesn't have much to say today. 30-odd no, well, degrees hot. here in Adelaide. So, yep, so you just reminded me of the greasy, meatly, greasy meaty cutlet meatly. 400 <laughs> in Canberra. When we all went down there, and the first time it was run, uh, for those viewers who aren't aware, the Greasy Meaty Cutlet actually stands for GMC, and uh, they make power tools. They do make power tools. And they're actually an Australian company, and they design here, and manufacture overseas. It's and funny, they've actually done very well, haven't they, really? They have. Their, their brand has been is pushed right around and Australia, and, and really goes back to show you how effective motorsport advertising can be. They've now actually expanded, and they're selling in uh, Europe, uh, the UK, um, and in the States as well. In and fact, In fact, on. in the great pile of um, junk mail that arrived in uh, my old man's letterbox this morning, that yep. was enough to kill half a Brazilian rainforest, um, in the uh, what is it, what's 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 the hardware company that has the dogalogue rather than the catalogue? Oh yes, home uh, uh, home, home hardware. Yeah, home yep. hardware. Uh, they had a whole section on GMC. GMC. Yeah, I was only looking at it this morning at the breakfast table, going, oh, GMC. Well, memories of uh, memories of Canberra. Memories right. of freezing our butt off and you Did two we in, not? and yep. you two in brown. Uh, Hotlap Brown jacket. Hot Lap Jacket. Yes. Hotlap.com.au. Yep. That's right. Rickshaw on one sleeve and John Bow on the other. That was the. Those were the days. That was June or July. It was uh, July two thousand. It was bloody freezing at it night. It was cold. Absolutely. It, it made it England really look like the Sahara. So anyway, GMC. <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> it was funny, wasn't it? How it just everyone just disappeared one second after the race was over. <laughs> it was back to a ghost town. I got my um, handyman magazine yesterday delivered in the mail. And on about the eighth page in, there's this ad, or not an ad, it was like a, I don't know, what do you call it, an infomercial or whatever, for this new GMC product, which was a um, an airless nailer, like a nail gun, really? with an 18 volt battery. And I thought, well, that looks pretty schmick, and it's only $199. How long does the battery last for? Um, I believe one charge will last you somewhere in the region of about three hours or something like that, which is a fair few nails. Depends, I was going to say, depends how many nails you Well, uh, that's obviously out. what it's going to depend on. But I can't give you any more information than that because that's where my gripe is. In, in the magazine, it showed the product, 
it told you the price, it gave you a little overview of it, and it said for more information, go to www.gm, I can't remember what the C stands for, gmcompany.com. Global Machinery Company. That's right. And it's, so that's the web address, www.gmcompany.com. So I went there, did a search for that particular product, nothing. Nothing, you tell you. Absolutely nothing. So they had a feedback button. So the feedback went back. Boys, if you're going to get your PR people to give all these magazines product and tell them about it, at least keep the website up to date enough so that the punters can find out about it too. Look, I think that's actually a whole a big problem with, with many organisations. You know, I, I, I actually inquired about that, that BMW Z4 through yes. the website, but they had no idea about where I was or what information I had, where I, you know... And whether it and came with a free... free uh, the availability... The availability of the free hairdryer that went with it. Yeah, they were ringing to qualify me. <laughs> That's right. Is that salon dry? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They were ringing to qualify, and and then that, that multiple people were sending me the same information and, and ringing me from different yeah, dealers in different states. I said, well, don't doesn't the right hand know what the left hand's doing? And obviously, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. You're quite right. Which so is anyway. a bit disappointing. Okay, well, boys, we I think um, I would just like to what I was going to say. What did you think of? Uh, did you watch Bahrain on the weekend? Oh, it looked deserted. Always rings. It's always rings. Queenslander. <laughs> Can't trust those Queenslanders on the phone all the time. Absolutely uh, not. Yeah, what do you think? Well, I thought the race, the racing was good. The oh, tra- the racing the tra- was fantastic. The track layout was excellent. But where were the crowds? Well, there was where were all the Arabs? People, twenty-five thousand crowd there, according to well, the uh, the accurate. Uh, do we know how many of the stadium figures? Do we know how how many the stadium holds though? Well, that might be a little bit like putting twenty-five thousand people in the MCG, and I think that is probably part mm. of the problem. Oh, I, is do, that, I yeah. agree with that. Um, yes. It's a pretty. All of these new um, Herman Tilke uh, built F1 circuits are actually uh, official uh, figures twenty-eight to fifty. Right. In an effort to make use of the space and compact the crowd in the main grand said large banners were placed around a quarter of the stands. Does that include camels? Alright. Do you know what the difference... How do you tell the difference between a one-hump and two-hump camel? Up out from the fact that it's got one's got one hump and one's got <laughs> Well, one's a dromedary and, and the other one's a... Bactrian. A what? A Bactrian camel. But a do you Bactrian. know which one's a Bactrian which is a dromedary? Yeah, one's got one hump, one's got two. Yeah, but which yeah, is Yeah, the which? dromedary's got two, isn't it? No. If you no. put the D on its side, it's only got one hump, and the B on its side's got two. Oh, oh tricky. You'll never Very forget tricky. Your you learned that at school, ah, didn't you? Now, hey, now. That's like stalagmites and stalactites. Yes, stalagmite might make it to the roof. A stalactite has to hold on tight so it doesn't fall down. Obviously, I didn't learn it that way. I learned that a stalagmite has got a G in it for the ground, so it grows up from the ground, and a stalactite has got a C in it, and it comes from the ceiling. Well, there you go. So, there you go. Thank you, teachers. Um, but no, obviously the, we learned something. The, over, the overall event, from a, from a race perspective, I thought the actual oh, it was uh, activity was, was fantastic. It was, mm. it was a really, really good show. Yeah, it was. Um, it, was it was just it was, what was the series needed. On TV. Yeah. I mean, it's so down and, to the and, wine and now. Of course, for um, the final. And of course, I thought I thought it was interesting. There was like in the entire telegast, there was like one wide shot. That showed the grandstand. I reckon they mm. probably took one look at it and went, "Oh, won't show that one again," you know, because yeah. it yeah. looked um, that was pretty, the, the number sparse. one thing that I heard at Eastern Creek last weekend at the uh, the Cam's Nationals. Um, that was people going, "Well, where was the crowd?" I said, "Yeah, but like you know, the, hey, there's right, a big hey. TV audience, and the fact is, like the logistics, the fact they just got it there and did it, it's another success." It Pro- is. Provided the Arabs are paying, mm. because they would have been paying all the airfares, all the freight, the whole kit and caboodle, the whole nine yards, as the Americans would say. Yep. The whole box and dice, as the English would say. And if there's um, one thing Americans do right, Paul, you know what it is? Is air conditioning. That's right. <laughs> That's a long, 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 long story <coughs> that uh, viewers, we'll, uh, viewers that we'll get into later. Hello, Dennis, if you're listening. <laughs> well, <laughs> get that all the better your mouth. Yeah, get that. Boys, all I'd like to. You're um, not supposed to uh, talk with your mouth. Paul, just you know, recap. Yeah, yeah no, Linda might be listening. listening. Mm. Um, but probably not. Um, I'd like to recap on the weekend um, at the Camps Nationals. Well, we were going to ask you about that eventually. How was the creek? How is the creek these days? It was very dry. There's no water in the creek. Nothing worse than And uh, it is a very a dry operation there. But uh, anyway, Phil Harrison's doing a good job to try and get people in the door there. Okay, Phil's running the show. At the ARDC, yes. 
And um, yeah, it was is, actually is, uh, was it a good roll-up though, getting people in the door. Is my old mate Chris Holmes still involved in the ADC, or is he? Uh, don't know. I really don't know, mate. I just uh, <clears throat> went there, just to have a you know, just pretty much kept my uh, kept my head down. Um, got in there on Sunday. Didn't feel I need was the one event of the year. I just didn't need to be there for the whole weekend. So give us a recap. Who won what? Okay, so it was interesting because um, I was there obviously working with Marcus and working with Jack Ellsgood. Marcus Sikanovic, and, um, and, both were, and they were both running were, one and two. Both were first and second, Marcus leading the uh, the V8 U Championship by uh, 40 points as they went into it. What's now, Marcus in, a Ford or a Holden? Both of them were in Ford. Okay, that's good. So, uh, <laughs> as the, 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 they both cho chose to do a elective practice session on the Friday where they were both fastest. On the Saturday where the, where the yeah, compulsory practice was on, they were both fastest in each session. Uh, uh, Jack first, then Marcus second. Between the uh, practice session and qualifying, the powers to be, the technical committee decided rules. to change the rules, or rather, not so much change the rules, but apply 100, 100 RPM, actually, no, between P1 and P2, they went, we're going to give you 100 RPM of increase to the holders. Thanks very much. Well, that didn't, I don't know whether that did much at all, but after that, they went, let's give you another 1.5 degrees of timing change. Well, that just suddenly put um, uh, Brock Baxter and uh, Grant Johnson all in Holdens onto the front row of the grid, um, and and that's a bit questionable. Uh, in that, like you know, wouldn't you do it all in one hit and probably before an event? However, I'm not about to criticise the um, the people because I don't want to get a trifecta of getting sued. <laughs> uh, but in terms of the championship, it didn't really make a lot of difference because it was still a Ford-Ford battle. However, Baxter and Johnson were a remote threat that they could have mathematically sort of come on board to do that. Anyway, so race one, basically, um, Marcus uh, grabbed uh, grabbed a, f a fifth and uh, and Jack a sixth. Then the positions were reversed with uh, Jack in fourth and Marcus and That was the fifth. reverse grid race and Jack kept in front. Yes, yes, and yes, that's right. And then, but we came down to the final race with 39 points between the pair of them, with 39 points on offer for a win. So a DNF by Marcus and a win by Jack would possibly would have created a countback scenario. Marcus probably would have won because he'd had polls, and and Jack had not received not not going to poll. But it was it was um, it was tight, and then Marcus stalled on the grid. Oops. Well, actually, as you know, it's a little bit of a downhill grid. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, you're yep. holding two pedals, sort of get the thing, and just probably didn't give it enough noise, and anyway, got going in 15th and did a drive-through you know, to, to, to make eighth and you know, a few point, few behind Jack. Look, Jack did a... He couldn't have done anything else. Yeah. And, and just oh, drove... Jack won the last race? Jack didn't win the last race. The last race was won again by Grant Johnson. Grant Johnson won the weekend, and neither of them were on the podium over the weekend. But um, it was uh, Brock and Baxter. Yeah, I knew Baxter. So it was a there. Holden yeah. podium. But look, what what could Jack have done? He he just did everything he could, and he actually felt he drove very very well. And Marcus, you know, drove also very well, but just had had jumped jumped ahead in the points over the last couple of rounds at Queensland Raceway and um, and and Indy. And really, I suppose that's just it that was, was hard to call back. It was a case of don't make <clears> mistakes. <throat> but you know, one mistake really, you know, it, it was one mistake, and you could have been down. So he's managed to pick that up, but on the same day he's also picked yeah, up the Commodore Com Cup. Commodore Cup, he must have had a great weekend with a, with pole, a couple of wins, and 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 a second um, to um, make him the, the first um, Australian driver or stra driver in Australian motorsport to to win two national titles, Australian titles on the same in the same year since Mark Scaife in 1991. And where did Mark do that? That's going back. Formula Holden and this ATCC. Very good. I knew I didn't need to ring uh, the viewers but, to but confirm it. Both in Winfield cars, driving a uh, Lola something. Um, everyone else was in Raynards. Yes. Uh, both run by Gibson Motorsport. And the last ram was probably... Would have been I'm in the guessing, Nissan GDR. Um, would have been... Godzilla. It was. Winfield GDR, yeah. It was either yeah. that or a Winfield Commodore, one or the other. No, the Commodores came GDR, later. Yeah, because yeah, there, were, there were Winfield yeah. Commodores. Yeah, had the big Which light. came later. Had the lightning bolt kind of thing on And you'll remember that Scotty had uh, a bit of a, a masked major crash on it in practice one day there at the Eastern Creek only a couple of years later. And he, uh, no, at the, um, triple at the Triple Challenge. Hmm. Had a big, 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 huge, huge, huge event. A huge crash. Um, no, that last one was probably in Oran Park, wasn't it? 
15 years ago since that, that's happened and uh, that's that's really quite uh, significant that Marcus has done that um, and of course as you know in the world of PR um, and uh, I'll learn everything from you thank you Mr Ron but you, uh, you always <laughs> upsell it's a bit, it's a bit, yeah, upsell on the I, I must admit with, 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 yeah. with all due respect to Marcus and congratulations to him that's a fantastic result oh, it is yeah, a great result it's a bit of a stretch of Utes and Commodore Cup to the Australian Touring Car Championship and the, and the Australian Gold Star but PR is perception is the uh, perception is the eye of the beer holder, sir. That's the beer holder. Right. Yeah. Anyway, and um, so fifteen years old. No, great effort to him. It is. A good and what's effort. he doing next year? Well, he's picked up um, the uh, one of the the Bahrain winning cars, Garth Tanders Toll yeah. HSV. Um, or H. What well, I don't know. I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> too many name changes. HSV dealer team. HSV yep. dealer team um, VY, which is definitely you know, coming off a. It's a pretty, pretty gun bit of gear. It is a gun bit of gear. Is. Marcus has gone down and had a little bit of a look at that, and uh, he said, mate, it's just it's like, you know, aero stuff. Um, so it, it's interesting because uh, Damien White is also moving on, Ooh. the outgoing champion, who I think made it's a come fourth a long, or a fifth. come a long way since Suzuki Swift. He has, <laughs> Damien. Yes, that's right. I was wondering who managed to get in that. Still can't return my calls, Damien. Yes, okay, Damien, you how are you? <laughs> Oh, boy, yeah. <laughs> He'd be right. Uh, and, New South uh, Wales, another New South Wales bean pole, so... Uh. And, uh, well, now he does live in Wollongong, but he actually was in Melbourne, even though he's Wollongong Performance Racing. He's actually got a pretty good operation there. He uh, took delivery one of Paul Morris's car. I, well, I, I incorrectly uh, put out in a press release um, related to Marcus that it was Astro, but it's actually Daisy, uh, the car, and he has the final... And, oh, it's actually... Paul give the things names and... Uh, yes, yes. Right. But then so did uh, the HRT. With their cars Mr. As well. Morris about to uh, celebrate his uh, 39th birthday. So there you go. In the upcoming days. Are you going okay. up? Uh, no. Huh? But Mr. Morris, Mr. Murray, and Mr. Ryan all celebrate their 39th birthdays within a matter of days. Well, there you go. And Mr. Yeah. Ryan's isn't too far away. And he says quickly, looking at his watch. And, and finally, to complete that uh, trio, is that obviously uh, Damien and Marcus are outgoing to uh, the Fujitsu Supercar uh, Championship. Uh, Jack Ellsgood is also supercar bound and uh, hasn't done the deal yet specifically, but he will 100% be there. Uh, Rick hasn't decided whether he'll be going Ford or Holden, and there's obviously options everywhere. But Ford, Jack, go Ford. Well, that's uh, you know that's I think obviously his Ford preference. Ford would be his preferred option. He's, yeah, he's sure. always Absolutely. had his whole he's career in a Ford. He yeah. bleeds blue. Whole Ford career in, yeah. in Fords and um, drives drives an XY. Ford so if, he's, if he's holding, we can't, just can't talk to him. And uh, he's got a uh, Ford Capri Piranha 1971 uh, South African uh, Tarmac Rally car. Oh. So he really, you know, his preference would be yeah. to go there. So As you would. I think that, Paul, what that does show is that uh, Bill West and Craig Daniel have done such a wonderful job of being able to really show what a feeder category well, the V8 quite, Utes is. Well, you look at kind of guys like uh, you know Grant Daniel's kind of stepped out of Utes and ended up in uh, ended up in V8 Supercars. And Luffy, makes yep. Bathurst debut. Luffy's another one. Um, you know, it is a great uh, it is a great feeder category, and unfortunately, you know, we're back in kind of Scafie's days where the top the top of Australian uh, Australian open wheeler stuff like the Scafie was doing was probably better prepared you technically as a racing driver to kind of step into being at supercars. Yep. Um, you know, I don't even know what the series is called this year. It's a Formula 4000 or... Yes, or I think Formula 4000. I think it's sitting on the um, AMRS calendar, which is like the, the ultimate series to CAM National. Yeah. And, and on that note, a really um, uh, a good... Uh, we need to I'll say a, a cheerio to uh, our good friend uh, Dean, uh, alias Rob Patrick. <laughs> who has been the uh, administrator of the Camps National Series. He really has done a sterling job um, and, and put that together. And, and in its first year, it's been a huge success. And uh, I was to say, he's done a great... Yeah, and Rob, if you're listening, long term, they speak, and we must catch up for a beer before Christmas. Well, as a fact, he actually said to me on the weekend, we must catch up for a beer and have some lunch. And I think that probably means that the three of us will be having lunch this week. There we go. He's an Adelaidean bloke. And uh, tell when I was a boy story about Lamont Adelaide uh, back in 2000, so oh, yeah. many, many years ago, uh-huh. which... Six years ago this year? I know, isn't that scary? You want to tell the Robin mm. story? No. Oh, <laughs> One of them was a forklift driver and we're not saying it. <laughs> now listen, talking about Marcus, I mean, while we're still on the subject here, I got a press release and there was this team photo of Marcus and his team and they were all in the good, you know, it was a Canavic racing, uh, you know, black outfit, blah, blah, blah. And there was this ringing in the corner. 
And I thought, who the hell's that? But it was our old mate, Johnny. Oh, well, mate, you know, it was a bit of a tough... It was actually... I felt a bit of pressure, you know, um, coming into the last couple of races there. Uh, was because, you know, doing the PR for Coopers and for Jack and for Marcus... You know, obviously, I want them both to win, both to come second. Oh, if you course. know what I mean. Yeah, and, I know you were in a hard and, spot. It, it was. I'm only so, taking the Mickey. I mean, don't I get offended. Well, a bit. You were expected to. Yeah, come on, come on, corporate. This corporate. is the perfect yeah. time for us to put this lamb roast on, viewers. We'll be back in a minute. <laughs> right. Well, that's it. The lamb roast is all sorted out. Thanks for your help as usual, Johnny. No problem at all. Yum. Mm. Yeah. Do, we, do you have a nice piece of like sound effect we can kind of edit in that, like a. Kiwi lamb going back. No, 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 but you can do the impersonation because we don't edit. Um. <laughs> you just edit it, you hit the stop button. You, well, you notice how neat the edit. house is. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm going to get the Aerograd. The mozzies are yeah, now. Yeah, the are just starting to come out now. It's uh, 7.15, so uh, still a very uh, hot evening here in Adelaide. So, JP. Yes, mate. Barbecues were actually just already discussing because you put the lamb roast already in, mm-hmm. the, uh, in the weather there. Motorsport we've covered on mass. Yes. Technology. Technology. What's new in the zoo? Um, well, there's nothing fundamentally new right at this moment in time. However, the rumours are abounding about Mr. Jobs' impending announcement at Macworld San Francisco. What about what about the excite the greatest excitement in Microsoft land? Oh, Vista. Have you bought... No, have you bought... Have you got yourself a, a brown Zune? No. Well, I think they're two colours, Brown Zune. Yeah, 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 black, black, white and brown. A brown Zune is didn't the equivalent good... to a beige suit. It's classic, isn't it? But it didn't get a good rap on, um, on Twit, did it? Crash and if you get... Crash and burn. If you look at the uh, <sighs> Mac versus PC ads, Paul... And the PC guy, yeah, 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 yeah. John Hodgman well, is a brown zoom. So then you've got like a red iPod Nano versus a brown zoom. It's the same thing all over. That'll be the next set of ads that Apple do if they've got. And Apple once, ne- once the next iPod comes out with a full video, full screen bells and whistles kind of thing. The right. iPhone is where I was actually heading. Uh-huh. With. How can now they there's... be so offbeat with this stuff? How can they get it so wrong? Well, it's... With all that money, I mean, are they? Are they? Are they but they're going back. Well, what about informants to screw t- them up? Yeah, it's but, a time yeah, but, in the water exercise. Yeah, but I mean, what about? Because they've got more yeah, money I mean, than they'll, anyone. They'll, throw, up they'll throw millions at it. But yeah, but yeah. what about they're actually paying universal? They're paying Universal Music mm. a cut for every Zune they sell. Now, for um, for those listeners who have no um, viewers, they have no idea what we're talking about. The Zune is Microsoft's answer to the, the iPod, which has by their perception. Yeah, which has its own, it's a, it's an MP3 player, has its own um, protection system, so you can't copy and paste. Totally different than Windows Media. Cut and paste. No, not cut and paste. So you can't... Um, There's a digital right to manage Digital right, there, yeah, yeah, right. there. So you that, can't that, copy that's the word I'm looking for. However but, much as Yeah, as but Apple you can has. wirelessly send it to your mate Zoom. Yeah, but you can only, you, but then you can only play it three times or keep it for three days before yeah. it, before it disappears but what about all that um, that Windows Media File stuff mm-hmm. that they export for all those other um, what's, what are those other machines the SanDisk and yes. the um, yeah, 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 yeah yeah all the other MP3 players all, all those yeah. other non-iPods yep well the Creative Zen the Creative Zen and all yeah. that stuff so if you bought music off of I don't know what the big pond thing is down here. Is that is that Windows Media yeah, Media so, Player yeah. stuff? Yeah, yeah. So anything you buy off of that, yeah. and you may have this massive library. You may be the big big pond kind of thing, and you may have a SanDisk player. You say, "Oh, I'll go get a Zoom." Mm-hmm. Tough luck, buddy. None of your stuff is going to play on the Zoom because it's got the Zoom has its own DRM that won't work with anything other than just the Zoom, which is exactly the same. As what Apple's done, yes. But Apple's just got like their, their, their twenty laps in the lead kind of thing. Yeah, it's that's like true. the whole the horse is bolted. They needed to have something better and more flexible, and for the consumer, not to pander for the record companies and the pay Universal uh, Universal Music. I will give you X number of bucks for every machine we sell because Universal will say, oh well, the Zune is just another another machine that enables yeah. piracy. I hear what you're saying, but let's not let's not forget. Let's just go back to 1986 and look at the uh, the Mac operating system 
that was all icon driven and easy and drag mm -hmm. and drop and look at Microsoft's equivalent at the time of MS-DOS. Yeah. And now let's fast forward 20 years and we all know the balance between Macs and PCs and operating systems. So you can't discount them just because the first one's a dud. I reckon what, what they have is I reckon Jobs is going to take I, up the product. I reckon Jobs is smarter now though. I think Jobs and Apple per se are totally smarter and have got a lot more marketing savvy and a lot more clout and because the iPod's been as successful as it is they're making a lot of money from it so therefore they can spend more and more in R&D and certainly if the iPhone comes along and I mean all the hot rumors are that there are these companies in uh, China uh, the same mob, uh, two of them, are in fact, the same companies that make uh, components for the iPod, uh, and they're under non-disclosure agreements and blah blah blah. But uh, they're quite strongly rumoured to be manufacturing parts for an iPhone, uh, which obviously uh, Steve's going to release at MacWorld San Francisco in January. And uh, you know, uh, all strength to Apple. As long as they keep that three jumps ahead, which is roughly where they are at the moment, it'll continue to run. Yes, John. What? I'll put my hand up because I don't want to interrupt. Oh, yeah, so I'm going to the toilet. If we had a video podcast, you'd see Johnny the, with his hand. What I what I'd heard was that the the number one complaint was the the DRM on the Zoom. But but secondly, let's look at okay. So you're sending it to your friend. So you're sending it. I'm sending it to you out there somewhere out in the world. Which so is how great. am I going to be can doing? Find, if you can find someone else that actually has a Zoom. Ah, uh, yes. Okay, that <laughs> oh, is yeah, the third yeah. issue. Uh, that, that's true if you've got to exchange it with someone with a, with a like device. But let's see, how, how are we going to be doing that? Well, we can't be sending it over an 802.11 network um, uh, unless we're sitting on our home wireless network and we have a PC or something like that allows us to do it. Okay, so you could do that in your home space, but then they wouldn't be able to pick it up until their Zoom was in, within their own. That? Is that, is, okay, is that, so, so let me just, let me just go through like this. like a Bluetooth type? No, no, Bluetooth is, is a much uh, a narrower, narrower, band. narrower bandwidth and also a much, much uh, sh uh, shorter distance. But let, let's just think about how are we sending it. So they must be having, you know, let's think, okay, well, are they going to be sending it over phone networks because phone networks are much more widely propagated. But we also know that the speed of 3G and UMTS is, is still at tops only a little over one megabit, yep. not byte. Which is damn slow. So you're sending up, you know, you're sending a a five megabit, five megabyte um, download of a, a Madonna track. That's going to take a long time to go across at a at a system working optimally. So it, it sort of makes me wonder how what does that do how it actually life? how it actually gets there. So it that, must be coming that, off that's an eight oh two. That's apparently a big issue. The battery life thing is yeah. is that. But anyway, we'll go back to battery Sorry, life. Sorry, Johnny, yes. we'll just humour you. Well, you well, carry on. Until well, you're well what I'm saying is that like you've. You've got this data. You need to get it out out from there. But how are you going to get it out? You can really only get it out around um, phone networks, yeah. and you're going to be charged a fortune for the data. Well, certainly in this part of the world, I'm in America, sure, I'm things. Pretty, I'm pretty sure it's not phone network. I'm pretty sure it must be Bluetooth or. Well, but if it's, it's Bluetooth, then I'd have to be in physical distance from you. It is. It is. It That's is. what it is. Oh, you have to be. In, it is physical distance. But it's eight hundred two eleven G or something. Yeah. yeah right. but, but but why is there is does it have an eight hundred two eleven G propagator? It is a physical. It is a physical so if you distance. Were close, if we were all sitting here, Bluetooth would Basically, work fine they're for saying, us. "Welcome mm. to the." Uh, it's welcome to the. I can't remember the tagline. It's welcome to the community. No, welcome to the. So it's basically it's like two uni students sitting on a train going to uni, can like be swapping songs. Yeah. Listen, have you heard this one? You know, well, yeah, let me tell you, I'm going to introduce a new word to the dictionary today, yeah. and that's called Zoom jacking. Because you're going to be getting stuff on yours that you don't want. Well, that's a good point. Well, that's a bit like kind of sending, uh, you know, those Nokia kind of like send. Yes. Send. You know, you can accept it or you can say, no. Uh, or you can just be driving down the street and you get your phone, suddenly your phone goes off and says, will you accept this? And you go, what? No. Yeah. And it's some bloke on the footpath sending it to someone else. Yeah. Hmm. Do you know, I, which you, is you, infuriating, you actually. You, um, uh, Paul, uh, advised me of a, a really cool piece of software today called, backup software called, Chrono, uh, Chrono, Chronosoft, Chrono Sync, Chrono Sync, yeah, yes. and, and it's actually quite cool. And I synced up my my hard drive off to something else, and it's a, from a EconTech or something. If you have a, um, but I found all these weird three G files that were on my computer. I have no idea where they came from because they must have been on my phone when I I synced my phone, yep. my P eight hundred, and I have obviously been hijacked. Giraffes' heads moving around. 
fat ladies, like just weird stuff. And yeah. there were there were 150 of them, only little. Yeah. And I looked at them, they're all low quality, so they went, they've got to be phone stuff. I went, that's very spooky. Because I've been phone checked a few times, so welcome to Zoom checking. Mm. Could happen. Could happen. We're done, with tech. we're done with tech. I think we're probably done with tech. Anything else? Tech, so what else? Tech is there anything else tech that's, you know, that, that's got anybody oh, excitedly just waiting for new, Just waiting for new toys, and mm. yeah, there's always new toys new coming toys out at Christmas time. Uh, the Wii is coming out, the PS3 is coming out in the States. What's the latest on those um, consoles down here in. Well, PS3 is the way to go. You definitely got to buy the PS3 well, and well, an depends. ITV. It depends. A lot of people are kind of saying you, you listen to a lot of the stuff out of the states, and they reckon the PS3 is still too early. One of the one of the biggest issues is well, that they reckon Sony's losing a bucket load on every one they sell. Absolutely, yeah. Because they've yeah, done the but, they've done the pull apart and how much it had cost to build and what they're selling it for, and they reckon they're going backwards. So you know that's interesting. That's one thing Microsoft is spot on at the moment. Is the Xbox seems to be the gun thing. However, because it has installed base by virtue of Microsoft's allegiance. And we, we no, only have to go back that, 10 years kids, ago to the Quark InDesign launch where Quark was owned the publishing market space, Paul, and you'd be very aware of that. I, I, Ironically, I was at the launch of the around. Festival Theatre. Yes. And it took well, we me... All were. Well, you and I were, yeah. How many we years later? launch in Sydney yeah. for it, yes. How many years? When was that? Oh, wow. It would be 10 years ago. No, it wouldn't be that long. Eight. It's taking me eight years to convert. Yeah, but now you love it, and you wouldn't Absolutely, go back. Absolutely, wouldn't go back. But, but you were talking years. to somebody yesterday who said exactly the same thing. It's taken him the same eight years, yeah. um, and he said, "I have." To, he said, "I hate to say it, but give me InDesign any day." Absolutely. Just the way it works, the Absolutely. things it does, and that's one of the things the quality, I would hate to be. I would hate to be one of those old guys that just kind of stuck in. Well, if I was that, I'd still be working on a Remington typewriter and kind of hot metal typesetting. Well, like John I was, Singleton is. Like I was at the news back <laughs> many, many, many years ago. Yeah, well, you know. Um, if your work's any good, he'll give you a grunt. Yeah. <laughs> but it is, uh, you know, you've got you to gotta work really hard to try to stay ahead of the game or try to stay in the, you know, within yeah. region as we, as some of us reach to the upper echelons of... Um, what? Five score and uh, no four score and something years and some of us are only three score and the upper echelons of four score years. Some of us are fours. already over the big five zero, but you know. Yeah. Oh, you you are five score and the yeah. When was your fiftieth? Last year. Wasn't he it? never listens. Yeah. No, oh. he never listens. I wasn't here for the party. I think I sent you an invite via well, email. When was it? It was August last year. Oh, well, I was. In it was, I'd have to say that International Paulie came uh, back uh, and had dinner with us at Classic Adelaide on the footpath there at Goodger Street on the Friday night, and he was looking svelte. He was. Indeed, but a uh, couple of weeks later, he looks like he slipped into a bit of good life. And, um, oh, yes, he's $99, so. 10 visits at uh, Next Generation. I'm not sure how well it's going. No, no, no nothing too much. But... Uh, can you square on this podcast? <laughs> you can indeed. But you go. It's uh, been ex- done before. Explicit, you, uh, yeah. mother. Explicit. That's right. <laughs> mother explicit. <laughs> uh, so, all right, come on in. V8 supercars. No, we have something more controversial than that. And it's actually, oh, right. it's actually oh, quite, say, well, it's actually up? quite disturbing uh, to hear this, and, and I'd like to get your take on it. And of course. You know, it, you sort of, maybe it's let the buyer beware. But um, our old uh, international Danish and monotone communicator, Alan Simonson, <laughs> who was uh, just uh, taken off yesterday to uh, to England, uh, or no, to, to Denmark with uh, uh, Miss New Zealand, Kayla. Going back for the holidays to eat duck. Dock, a little dock. Yeah. And uh, we might be going Let's to dock. Autosport International. Paul, will we be doing, joining him at Autosport International? Um, There's a chance we'll all be in Birmingham. Chance. We don't again. know. Whether, yep. Can you interview Murray Walker again since he ignored us when he was over for the V8s? Well, absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, at, and I wasn't going on about it, but uh, Alan and I have a project that we are putting together and we will actually be uh, launching there at uh, Autosport. And if I don't go, he can do it. Um, but uh, Alan just recently uh, uh, moved out of the Australian GT Championship, where he'd only done a couple of uh, three rounds, but actually won all the rounds in the uh, consolidated chemical company Ferrari 360 GT with Ted Hugland. Yep. Um, and it obviously had you know won everything and, and in it. But decided there was a new 
new series coming up called the Q Sports Car Endurance Championship, which was a three-round series. Now, yeah. the way it worked, um, it, well, the final round was uh, uh, last weekend at Phillip Island. Uh, previously was Eastern Creek, and I think the, maybe the first one was Queensland Raceway. Right. I can't be actually sure about it. Um, but uh, the deal is such that they, you obviously have driver and co-driver together, and you the, the, the co-driver does an individual qualifying, the, the, the main driver does an individual qualifying, they do their own five to eight lap race, depending on the circuit length, I suppose, and then they join for a one-hour race, where there's obviously the 20-minute rule, right? Mm-hmm. So, Mr. Simonson has won pole at every event, won all his sprint races, won all the endurance races, but hasn't won the championship. Now, I haven't heard of a series that suddenly says, well, the reason why you haven't won it is because there were more MX-5s in the championship, and so we weight the points accordingly by the number of cars in the championship. So an MX-5 won the series. Now, wouldn't you sort of go, why would I be here in the first place? Can't find City Hall. (laughs) Yeah, you would. Now, does that sound mad to you? Does that sound like why beware? Oh, it's a bit like the old British Touring Car Championship when John Clellan and Chris Hodgetts won won the championship when they were running in, like, Division 2, but they were crowned the BTCC winner, despite the fact that they... Or Bob Holden. In the Endurance Championship. Yeah, 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 same deal. But, and, and look, you know, at Me, the end of the day, uh, you... you, Was Megan Kirkham <laughs> running a, uh, an MX-5? <laughs> no, it was Melinda Price. Oh, <laughs> Melinda Price, there's a blast in the past. Well, a nice hairdo. Uh, but it, it would have to like put you Melinda, off hello as Megan, an entrant, if you are listening as an entrant, wouldn't it? To go look, okay. Did, so did, so did, I win. Know, I win everything. Did they know the I rules? I got all the poles, but I, I I can't win the series. Did they know the rules before they started? Well, I I I really would think they they probably no. look at the fine details. <laughs> no. But it's a worrying <laughs> trend, isn't points. it, viewers? Well, okay, it is, so uh, on conversely, there's hope for you if you have a dud car. Read the fine print. Or if you have an MX-5, there's hope for you. Why go out and spend all that money on a Ferrari? Don't play with the iPod International. <laughs> International iPod. Sorry, man. Right. There we are. So, um, wait. Uh, here you might be even uh, getting a bit of interest at uh, going to have a bit of a go in tarmac rallying with uh, no, uh, no one other than uh, Michael Brock. In his Evo 8, the Pale Ale Racing car. Yes, I was talking to me the other day and he feels you'd be the perfect candidate to get into that car. Not in a million <laughs> years. No, no, all due respect to Michael, no, um, I must admit, tarmac rallies are um, a great spectacle, but not for this little black duck. Well, if you can't do it, I'll have to stand in. As you do. Exactly. As you do. As you do. I'm, I'm a big fan of um, catch fencing and sand traps and... Um, not, yeah. not a big fan of trees. Love trees, but not tr- trees and cars. Not on the side of the road. Mm, no. Look, I think, yeah, I mean, I'm the same. Everyone was very re- uh, responsible at uh, um, Tarmac Rally, he said. as a straight Adelaide, even. Slightly. It's quite, just, get that shape, those legs. Wax them possibly it's next time. It's not, uh, no, it I'm, not I'm not Lance Armstrong. I may, I may have the armband or on. Or Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Well, mate, thanks for making the time to come over here tonight. And I know your your mum's not too well here, and um, uh, you're looking after your dad. And Jennifer's out here, and hopefully uh, you'll be here as long as you, you can possibly be here before you've got to Absolutely. go away. Absolutely. And we'll see you Absolutely. over Christmas and everything like that. We we'll definitely do another we'll show. We look forward to the uh, the big Christmas edition of the Radio Hot Lap uh, Extravaganza. Yes, the plan is, viewers, the 14th of December that uh, Linda will come down with Warwick Brooklyn. Um, and uh, Mark Bryant will fly over and we'll try and get uh, Gary Baxter and Charlie Kovacs, Bryce oh, Washington this and is, this Simon Wills. This is going to be a audio engineering um, nightmare. Nightmare. Hands up yep. to speaking. Uh, on first on the buzzer. Yeah, and, <laughs> and you actually we actually need to bring Mark within the same postcode as the microphone for a start because of, uh, <laughs> because <laughs> of the way he mumbles. Yeah, that was, <laughs> you need him like 
You need him virtually, virtually on top of the microphone. Yeah, well, whenever you have a mumbles, you've got a dick, Tracy. That's right. So thanks for coming, Paul. Thanks, boys. Thanks, Paul. Uh, Good to see you, buddy. See you soon. We'll see yep. you for a uh, for some exotic uh, hops beverage at some point in time. I'm sure. Right, it was a bit of a battery issue. Uh, look, uh, viewers, alternate ending. Uh, we sorry, we've had to we've had to have an alternate ending because we've um, we've overstepped the mark we've, again. We've cut things a little bit fine with international, and um, he uh, requested a bit of a change. Otherwise, he's going to gonna sue uh, Johnny for the third time this year. That's right. And uh, by the hair on my chinny chin chin, I, I really I'd like to get away with the rest of the year with a few whiskers intact. <laughs> Night, viewers. <laughs> Good night, viewers. <laughs> But I don't think we actually do good night. Viewers. Oh, yeah. oh, you <laughs> can't, can't say, that. say that. We'll get explicit. Can you beep that? Yeah, like, yeah. No, like, but we don't edit. How are you going to beep it? I'm not. I don't edit. Oh, all right, then. Night. Good night. Night. <laughs> Idiot. Jeez, I need to shave. I'm a mess. <laughs> Oh,